I think it's so neat that Thanksgiving comes just before Christmas. Because I think if we ever have something to be thankful for, Christmas brings that remembrance to us. And, you know, back when I was in my young adult years, I was the antithesis of gratitude or being grateful or being thanks thankful. I was so focused on myself and what was in my life and what I didn't have and what I should have had and all that. I was just a very ungrateful individual and opened some doors in my life that shouldn't have been opened. And, and here I found myself desperate. And at one point in time, Jesus showed up in my life through all kinds of different circumstances, and I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, and it changed everything. I mean, I had one of those conversions that literally I went to bed one way, I woke up the other way. It doesn't always happen that way, but it did in my life. And, and I had a mentor, Jack Hartman, who taught me three things, and it was the best things he could have ever taught me. He taught me to believe in the inerrancy of God's Word— he taught me to study God's Word because that would build my faith. And he taught me that I should be grateful and thankful no matter what happens in my life. And that last part can only be so if the first two are there. But it really changed the way I viewed life. And so every Thanksgiving, for as long as I can remember back, I have usually brought a message on Thanksgiving, on being thankful. And, you know, I've done it for so many times. I have so much info on this. But I said to Greg, you know, it's getting, you know, I just think it's time for me to pass the baton. Let somebody else get up and, and speak. And that's what it was planned. Uh, but then last Monday, God gave me this, uh, this download in this area, totally new stuff. So I called Greg and said, hey, do you mind if I preach on Sunday? And uh, he was more than happy to turn that over, I might add, uh, because I know he has a lot had a lot going on that week and a lot going on this weekend. So I was blessed to be able to do this. So um, I want to begin by giving you our title for today's message. You know, I love titles. Um, and the title is Gratefulness versus Greatlessness. Now for you spelling nerds out there, you've said, is there a word? Greatlessness. Well, of course there is. There it is. But if you said to me, is it in the dictionary? No, it's not. But let's not let that get in the way. And if you stay tuned, at the very end of my message, this will make sense. All right, so we're now going to define these two words. Well, really one word and one word wannabe, okay? So gratefulness, appreciative of benefits received. So What's the key to this? You have to notice that the benefits are actually there. Thankful, okay? We need to then acknowledge them with expressions of thanksgiving. And the definition, this is in the definition uh, Webster had, agreeable. Very interesting. And I guess the only thing I would say is grateful people tend to be more agreeable people. And then greatlessness, as defined in my dictionary, is focused on what you don't have. Judgmental and entitled and disagreeable, all right? So I want, though, to make this point because I think it's an important point. Most of us, when we are ungrateful or if we are ungrateful, we usually don't have a clue that we're, we're ungrateful. We don't, we don't see it in ourselves, doesn't jump out at us or even others for that matter. But here's the deal. Gratefulness or being grateful 
is not a natural tendency. It has to be learned. It's actually a habit that you have to build. We're going to talk more about this as we go along. But lack of gratitude is not something you have to learn. It just comes naturally with the human condition. Okay? So here's a takeaway for us as we begin. Gratefulness, gratefulness is a heart attitude. Gratefulness is something that's born out of our heart, not something that's manufactured. Expressing thanks for even the smallest things in our lives is the outworking of this or the evidence of this heart of gratefulness. It starts here. It manifests in these ways. Those ways are not the evidence are the evidence of it, but they're not all there is. It begins in our heart. So, and by the way, grateful people are usually easy to spot because they're people that people love to be around. Grateful people are so amazing to have in your life. So let's take an example, an example that will probably fit a number of you here. And we're going to talk about marriage. If you're not married uh, or if you were married, okay, you'll still be able to identify with this, I believe. So in marriage, if I look and acknowledge the things that bless me about my spouse, things that I can be grateful for, I naturally become more positive toward her or him. And guess what? I also affect that person to want to reciprocate. Okay, so, so in marriage, one of the ways to bulletproof your marriage is to focus and, and acknowledge the things about your spouse that, in fact, you can be grateful for, you can be thankful for. Everybody has one. Everybody has something you can be grateful for. Trust me. Okay? But also in marriage, if I consistently look and verbalize the things that are wanting, the things that I feel are shortcomings in my spouse that I wish she or he would be able to change, these are things that bug me about my spouse— I become more and more negative as this develops, and she will become more and more negative toward me. So as I usually do, I want to use an example in my own life. Okay, so one of the things that bugs me about my wife is that she's short. I mean, that bugs me. Why is she so short? Not just that, but in the last 10 years, she is actually shorter now than she was before. So what do I have to do about that? I have to think of things to be grateful for, all right? So she's closer to the ground, and she sees things that are lost better than I do. (laughs) When we slow dance together, I get a full field of view. (laughs) Nothing blocks my way. Okay, now, when I was in the back room before the, the second message, my wife, who critiques me on my messages, which I love, says, you know, you need a little more humor, like, a little bit more up to the front of your message. So she said, I don't care if you use me as an example. Bam, there you go. That was it. All right. On a more serious note, gratefulness always makes the person that's grateful feel blessed and fortunate, while a lack of being grateful, for whatever reasons we might come up with, makes us feel negative and dissatisfied. And and guess what? Whatever I express to my wife, she's going to, or my husband, if you're, if you're a female, or we won't go any further than that, uh, you will find that that is what you're going to gain back. So let's look at a couple of scriptures, maybe not all the time, 
apply to gratitude or gratefulness or thankfulness. But let's look at Galatians 6-7. Make no mistake about this. So Paul's really clear. Make no mistake about this. You can never make a fool out of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I want a God that you can never make a fool of. Now, how many times have you been made a fool of? Raise your hand. Whoever's been made a fool of sometime in their life, I sure have, and rightfully so in most of those cases. Um, But it says you can never make a fool out of him. And here's what it goes on to say. Whatever you plant is what you'll harvest. See, you can't make a fool out of God because he's telling you this. Whatever you plant, that's what you're going to harvest, no matter what topic you're thinking of. But I ask you this, when it comes to gratitude, how much more direct could the Holy Spirit actually be? Okay? How much more direct? If you plant seeds of gratitude, gratefulness, thankfulness, you will receive back gratitude in return. It's absolutely absolutely true because what you plant, you reap. But if you are ungrateful in a relationship, in a situation in your life, you will always receive back consequences of being ungrateful, which are always going to be negative. In fact, when it goes, let's go back to marriage for just a second. I believe the root cause of most dissolved marriages, in other words, marriages that end in divorce, it is, can be tracked back to some point in time. Remember that point in time when you went from being grateful to judging? It can be tracked back to a time when gratefulness went out the window and judgment came in. So I believe that very strongly. And, and with all the marriage counseling I've done over 30 years, I will tell you, I see that consistently. See, consistently sowing seeds of negative comments or attitudes it, it always results in a lack of gratitude in those situations, and we reap those rewards. Eventually, no relationship can withstand that. And, and ultimately, it dissolves without correcting that. One of the things I try in the marriage counseling I do is get people to focus on what they can still love and cherish about their spouse and write it down day by day. You know, and some just say, I'm done with that. I'm not doing that anymore. And you know what? Not much you can do about that. And as we said, it doesn't just apply. It applies in relationships in your family, in your friendships, in your job, anywhere you have interactions or, or have a significant issue going on. Gratitude, gratitude always, always wins. And a lack of gratitude always ends up in destruction. It always ends up in destruction of some sort. If nothing else, a lack of gratitude destroys what could have been. If we look at another aspect of gratitude, Romans 2.1, it says, you therefore, you therefore have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. That whole, the end of that is a different message, which is very uncanny. The things you don't like in other people are, are the way you are. Okay, so for example, I'll use myself as an example. This has nothing to do with gratitude, uh, but I thought it was interesting. So I have a hard time getting along with people that are outgoing and think they're always right. My son is over there shaking his head. Okay, so another message for another time. I don't always think I'm right, by the way, but 90, 95. Um, Because I usually am. But no, let's not go there. Um, 
It says this, you have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for, whatever, for at whatever point. You see, there comes a moment in time, whatever point you judge another. It, it infers that there is a time frame, a, a moment in time, that that's when you condemn yourself. Happens in marriage, happens in friendships, happens in families. Being a grateful person eliminates dealing with this whole issue of judgment. And you know why? Because, and this is our next takeaway, being judgmental and being grateful cannot occupy the same space at the same time. It's impossible. They're mutually exclusive. Now, some would say, but Ed, let me give you a scripture, which maybe you don't know, and that is that the Bible says we can judge what? Righteous judgment, okay? But I will tell you this. That is so infrequent that we're called to judge righteous judgment that it's nowhere near the amount of times we pull that stick out of our bag. Nowhere near. Maybe we don't quote the scripture, but somehow or other we feel justified in coming to judgmental decisions and positions. So, just in case you think I'm making too big a deal about the whole gratitude thing, let's go back in time. Let's go back actually to the very beginning of creation. We have Adam and Eve. So Adam and Eve are in the presence of the Creator all the time, every day. God would come walking in the garden, they'd get to hang out with God. Come on, who wouldn't want to hang out with God? So they get this abundant relationship with God. They, they get every bit of their needs. They're partnering with the Creator. They have all their needs met. They don't want for anything. And they can eat every tree in the garden except one. So along comes Satan to tempt them. And he tempts them to eat the fruit because he says to them, if you eat this fruit, your eyes will be opened and you will be what? Like God. You will be a God. If Adam and Eve had stopped for just a moment and realized the gratefulness they should have had toward the creator of all time, the way they had walked with him, the way he had met all their needs, if they had been the least bit grateful, they would have been more content to have him as their God than to be their own God. But you see, they judged God right then. That was the moment in time. They said, he is keeping something from us. Something that he knows would be something that gives us gain. It's a lie, right? Not only did they not get gain, they suffered great loss. And guess what? They took you and I with them, which is almost always another consequence of ungratefulness. We don't just affect ourselves. We affect those around us. as, As we look at this, there are there are three different relationships that we have with God. We have before the fall, after the fall, and after Jesus. We're going to only take two of these today. We're going to tie these stories into that. And the fact of the matter is, by the way, a friend of mine, Paul Brock, has created a whole discipleship program around these three different relationships over mankind that we have had with God. And it's a great study. But, But before the fall, as we look back at Adam and Eve and what we just talked about, before the fall, they viewed God how? A loving creator. 
They didn't know any other part of God other than he was a loving creator. He, he gave all the animals to them to name and all the rest of it. And how did they view themselves? Well, they viewed themselves as a beloved creation. They knew no better. That's all they'd ever sensed was that God loves us. And how did they view each other? As valued partners in this walk with God. So after this sin that they create or that they commit, now God goes from a loving creator to a judge. He judges them and passes judgment and declares judgment on them. And how do they view themselves? As sinners. You know, we heard you coming and we hid ourselves. Never would they have had to do that. And how do they view each other? Ultimately, we would find out as mankind developed that they were objects to use. In other words, I love you because I get something out of that or else I don't really make space for you. See, while we know that sin was at the core of this, we also know that this lack of gratitude was also at the core of this. And it's, it's something that, that is really, really harmful, dangerous, and, and is the crux of so much of what goes wrong in our lives. Now, we may say, okay, that was Adam and Eve. No, no, no. We go through the whole, you ever see the Old Testament? I mean, here's the Israelites. Wow, don't be too um, quick to judge them, though, because I think we probably can identify with some of that. But, but after Adam and Eve, it didn't end. Let, let's look at uh, the, the Israelites coming out of Egypt. Oh, were they thankful they're coming out of Egypt? We don't have all that pressure anymore. And not only that, we're carrying gold and silver. And oh, man, we're wealthy and everything else. And wow, we hate this manna, Moses. It's sickening. We've been eating this thing for week after week, month after month. Give us meat. And they grumbled and this and the other. And, and grumbling to God, never a good idea. Never really. Trust me, I've done it. It just doesn't work well. So here they are grumbling. And what do they get? Judgment. They bring God, who's now the judge, by the way, after the fall. But they, they had so much to be grateful for. And all they could see is we want meat. And they got meat, didn't they? So they came out their nostrils. They got so much meat. The fact of the matter is, a lack of gratefulness led to that. David, who remembers King David, a man for God's own heart? How many wives did David have? Nope. Eight. Eight, okay. And how many concubines? A lot. We know of it. He left 10 behind at one point, so we know he had more than that. Can you imagine all those women that just want to sit with you and talk to you and they don't want you to fix it? Wow. Complaints on messages go to Greg at shilohcommunity.church. Okay, good. Um, so David could have trusted God, but he wanted Bathsheba. It wasn't enough what he'd already had. And not only that, Bathsheba was married to a really good guy who literally honored David in the midst of him trying to get her away from him and ultimately says, I'm going to just have to kill him because he's not going to go easy. You know? ungratefulness led to a tremendous loss on David's part. Tremendous loss. Tremendous loss. And, and while he repented and came back, he still suffered loss from that. And so does Bathsheba. See, gratefulness always, always is accompanied by a sense of abundance. Ungratefulness or lack of gratefulness always, always is accompanied by a sense of scarcity. And that is something we can't get around. See, I believe we have many core values in our faith. 
But I would argue that one of the core key values of your life and my life in walking with the Lord, if not in, in many ways, the key value is the ability to have and express gratitude on a consistent, ongoing basis. See, if I look at the good things in my life and the lives of others, I become grateful. And the more I see, the more grateful I become. At the same time, the more judgmental I am, the more entitled I am, as we already discussed, they can't live together. So we end up losing that ability to be grateful. Luke 6.45 says this, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. See, when we focus on gratefulness, we express thankfulness. That's the outworking. And we focus on the blessings we have, and we experience a sense of abundance, and that's what comes out of our mouth. But if we focus on the lack, what is unfair in our lives, all the issues that we're concerned about, Scarcity comes in, whether it be emotional, whether it be physical, whether it be material. And we ultimately, after experiencing that, we profess that scarcity. We think sometimes that abundance always is enough, but without gratitude, it isn't. I've met people that are unbelievably blessed in the area of physical, material type of money type of situations. You know, it never matters how much you have. You know, it never is enough if it never is enough. You know, they asked uh, Rockefeller one time, because he was so wealthy, they said, David, how much money is enough? Do you remember what he said? Just a little bit more. But then you see people who have so little, and yet they're so grateful for what little they have. So we're going to close with two exercises. They say a picture is worth a thousand words. Do you know why old sayings are old sayings? Because they're true. Okay? I tell the other people all the time. Uh, Because they're true. So a picture is worth a thousand words. So we're going to give you a couple of pictures to leave here today. So here's where we're going to start. Luke back there, who you all should love Luke. He's the one that lets you see everything during a service. Um, He's going to take a list down. Here's what he's going to write down. He's going to write down for you up on that screen something you're grateful for that started, something you could now look at and say, I'm grateful for that from the moment you walked in the door for this service until right now. You can't go anywhere else. Not this morning, not in the parking lot. You have to walk in the doors. I want to know what you are grateful for that occurred since that moment to now. Just yell them out. Music, okay, we're going to put music up there. Who else? Fellowship, Fellowship. excellent. What's that? Okay, smart fiance. All right, who else? Family. Salvation. God's grace. Now, be more specific about just here today. Heat. By the way, let me tell you this before you go further. No one ever walks up to me and says, hey, Ed, man, the temperature's perfect in here today. Why is it so cold? Why is it so hot? What's blowing on me? Why are the fans on? Why are the fans on? Otherwise, if that's ever been you, I apologize. Because I want you to know that I'm grateful for you. I am. I am. 
All right, what else? What else are you grateful for? What's that? Yeah, the, the ability to be with friends. Okay, so it, laughter, yay, I like that. Uh, we're happy for leadership, that's great. Okay, so if we kept going, we, we could keep going. But here's what I'm gonna tell you. Most of you weren't grateful for this at all until we had this exercise. Now, kind of subconsciously you are, but, but it's important to practice gratefulness, thankfulness, expressing some of these that you otherwise wouldn't always ever think you had to express. See, this, the whole idea of gratitude is not being focused on the big stuff. You know, it's being focused on the little things that happen day to day for us. I will tell you, you know, have you ever bought a car? Yes. And did you buy a car you weren't thinking you were going to buy? And then as you're riding down the road, you see a lot of them, right? You pick them out. If you have a red truck, you pick out red trucks. Okay, if you have, you know, uh, whatever, you, you see them now. You never saw them before because you're observing them. Whether you know it or not, you look for them. Gratitude a lot that way. You got to look for things to be grateful for. It's a habit. It takes time. But after a while, it changes your life. It changed, it, you know, I grew out of an area of depression, anxiety, anger. Gratitude takes that right away. Not right away, but it takes it away over a period of time. Nothing stands against the whole concept of gratitude. You see, believing in God, believing in what Jesus did, has got to make us grateful. Okay, so it, you know, the, the devil believes Jesus died and rose again from the dead. He's not going to heaven, contrary to what you hear some people say today. He's not. Because he's not grateful for it. He hates it. So, so gratitude is looking for those things in our lives. So we're going to do one final example um, that I hope will help demonstrate this. I was afraid that it might not work uh, because it worked great in my mind but I wasn't sure it was going to happen when we actually did it. So I'm going to ask my volunteers to come up and ask my wife to bring up. Uh, so this is going to be our demonstration and illustration of our title. We're going to be right across the front here. You're going to stand kind of back. Uh, two ladies over here. And the guys, I'm going to give you something. So what I'm going to give them is a great. Okay? So come on right in here, right in the front right in the front. Okay, uh, you stand there. Jerry, come on over here. You're right here. Two of them are there. You get this. You get this. So we're going to talk about, because we're talking about greats today, gratefulness and great lessness. So these are all greats. Now greats, hold your great up a little bit, show them what it looks like. Okay, so greats are meant to do one of two things. They're meant to keep things out that shouldn't go somewhere, and they're meant to keep things up that shouldn't go out. So we're going to actually look at greats today as being things that are meant to capture things and not let them go down. So Paul here has a great. And so if I take something to be grateful for, here it is, and I put that on his, you hold it right over that thing. There you go. There. See, that's a big thing, a really big thing. You know, your health situation, something miraculous happened. You know, one of your kids, you know, had something miraculous happen. You know, you won the lottery and whatever. Something big that you can be grateful for. However, in Paul's life, sorry, Paul. 
I said I would embarrass you, but now I didn't do this in the first service, but I think this will work better. So Paul, though, isn't very grateful. So what happens is, pretty big thing, whoops, whoops. Okay, and, and then smaller things come along. Oh no, not even a prayer. They don't even make the basket. Okay, and then smaller things happen to Paul. All right, marbles. Oh, they're not good. Okay, and then, and then the real small stuff comes. Poor Paul. All right, so bottom line is Paul senses his scarcity here. And his scarcity has him speak out of the abundance of his heart that he doesn't, you know, this is wrong and that's wrong and everything else. And, and he senses lack. And he has lack. But it's because he's been capturing all those things that could have been things he were grateful for. Now, Jerry here. Yeah, boy, big one. Nothing's going through you, Jerry, right? Come on. Look at this. Now, you're going to have a hard time keeping these on there, maybe. If you keep it, do you ever play those games with the marbles where you got to get them in the holes? Okay, that's what this is all about. Okay, so Jerry's catching everything, right? Look, all the way down to the marbles. No, Jerry, they don't go through. You see the big stuff, you see the almost big stuff, and you see the small stuff. But let me tell you, here's the problem, Jerry. You're close. You're more grateful than Paul by a long shot, but boy. Yeah, you're still missing the really small stuff in your life. Now we come over here. See, I gave you the, I gave you the best one. So this, this is cheesecloth. It is a great, by the way, if you ever use cheesecloth, it does let stuff through. So, wow, that was good. Wow, that was good. 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 You, you just can't get good help nowadays. Uh, so that was good. Now, now you've got those three. That's pretty cool. But let's see what happens when I put marbles in there. Are you going to be able to keep them in there? Wow, you look at that. Nothing's coming through going in the black hole of your life. All right. And now the real test. BBs. Nothing goes out. Okay, so... Karen and Megan have great full. Paul has great less. Get it? Gratefulness, great lessness. Okay, so in these situations, pull that a little tighter so they can almost see it without dropping it, and without me killing myself, serving the ball. So Karen and, and Megan are looking constantly at all the things to be grateful for in their lives. And have, as they do that, more and more things don't slip through the cracks for them. More and more, they express gratefulness because that's all they see is gratefulness. Jerry, good job. Jerry has a, Jerry has a lot to be thankful for, but, but he also has some loss in there. And Paul, poof, you know, he's gone, you know. So thank you very much. You may now put stuff back in there. So here's the deal. Whether you know it or not, one of these greats is in your life. And we're all going to miss some things. The, the BBs, yeah, tough sometimes to get them all. But I'll tell you this, the more you catch in that grade of yours, the more you can get over what, you're, what you've lost, the more you can get over what was unfair, the more you can get over 
situations that, that just angered you. And the more you can look for grateful things, small things, every day of your life, it will change the way you walk out your life on this earth. Trust me. And we all have stuff in our life. We all have things that we can look back on and say, that really was not fun. And we take some of those scars with us from those. But a way to get over those scars is not normally to get counseled out of them. You can, and it helps. not saying it doesn't. But one way to get over them is to start looking day by day by day to the things you can be grateful for. Journaling them if you need to. Including them in your prayer time. They're different every day. There's something, taking a break during the day and saying, thanks for that, Lord. Whatever it was. You know, a cold glass of water, a, you know, a, a great meeting with somebody. Uh, the fact that, you know, when you pick up your cell phone, it still works. And uh, things we can be grateful for. The facts that our kids are alive. Not all the things that's wrong with them. Gratefulness is a habit that we learn. And if you're great less, it's a struggle. Life is tough. Because reality is we can all find those. When you're grateful, when very few things slip by you that you're not grateful for, I have to tell you, it's, it's amazing life. It's, have you ever had people going through the toughest times and they just say something really good about it and you just feel like saying, yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. No, some people actually do that. Some people actually can do that. And boy, is that a much better place than confessing just how bad it is. So I'm going to give you a challenge this week. Homework. Homework. Every day this week, seven days, I want you to list three small things that you're grateful for. No big things. I want you to find the BBs in your life. I want you to go after the small things. Three a day, I want you to write them down one day after another. And what I'm hoping to do in those seven days is you have to look for small stuff. You could come up with 50 of them, by the way, but three. And I'm hoping you get in the habit of at least occasionally looking for something small to be grateful for. The big stuff, it comes. You, you, you'll recognize it. Most of the big things don't slip through the cracks. They can. You could be like Paul. No, Paul, I love him. I've known him for 45 years. Um, but it's the small things that really will change your life. It's the small things sometimes you have to look for in relationships that are really not good. I mean, they're not good. It's not, you're not making it up. It, they're not good. But the small stuff, the small stuff, is what really turns things around and gets us much more able to see the bigger stuff. So, Father, I thank you. Stand with me as we close. Father, I thank you for this time of reflection on this time of thanksgiving in our country. Father, help us to understand that gratitude is a heart attitude that manifests itself in giving thanks and expressions of thanks. But Father, help us to realize that the Holy Spirit, he has given us this heart attitude of gratitude. We just now do need to take advantage of that in the small things, in the quiet things, in the things that we just take for granted. Father, I thank you that this week, for those of, of us that will do this exercise, in which I will do, 
Lord, at the end of this week, we're going to have 21 things that we're grateful for, small things. And Father, help us to say, you know, Father, can I continue this? Can I continue to find 3, 10, 20, 30, 50 things a day, small things that I can be grateful for to the point where almost everything else is excluded from my eyes and my heart than that which I am thankful for. So Father, I pray that this will stay with us and give us the ability to in everything give thanks for this is truly the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. In your name we pray, amen. If you need prayer for anything, please feel free to come up. We'd love to pray for you this topic or any topic going on in your life. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Hey, brother. Three yeah. years found guilty, yeah. but I stayed down south, my lady rolled.